Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bazaar podcast. I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we're excited to be back um, for another week of the podcast with you all. So this week, as promised, we're going to be talking about some Christmas traditions that can be traced back and rooted in paganism. Oh, yeah. Yes, which are which is pretty much most of the traditions. So we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about like the most popular ones because if you guys recall from my rant from last week, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys recall from my rant that there's like you know a lot of hypocrisy and like a lot yeah. of different people want to say that different things are evil or evil does exist. I'm not here to say that right. it doesn't, but right. a lot of things that a lot of people celebrate that mm-hmm. are quote, that they call certain things quote unquote evil, but they're the practices that they have are actually rooted in what they deem that's evil and it's really not. So Right. Like this these traditions were pre Christianity and like Christianity adapted them, you know, to make Christmas essentially. So I mean they do need to be respected and you know, people's religions should be respected regardless of whether you're Christian, pagan, you know, whatever. Exactly. Like religion just should be respected regardless and custom yeah. should, of course, and traditions. Yeah. Yes. Because like, actually, like I actually saw, ironically, Sarah, um, uh-huh. some people on Facebook were actually talking <laughs> about the movie Violent Night that we went to go see. Of and they talked about how it shouldn't be um, dark like this. I'm like, okay, first of all, like... Uh, <laughs> to me oh, mind your damn business <laughs> exactly exactly the thing is like i'm not going to give any spoilers to the movie for yeah. those who haven't seen it we would definitely recommend 10 out of 10 if you guys like dark humor and i mean if you're listening to this podcast i like to think you do um and you like you're okay with some gore and some you know i mean it was not what i was expecting it was better is what i'll say like i thought yes. it would just be like serial killer santa but like I'm just here to tell you guys it's it's better than that. Actually. Exactly, exactly. It's like it's like the Santa Claus meets Home Alone on, on yeah. steroids. <laughs> yeah, meets all a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's t- making it too ex- intense. But I mean, yeah. it had some gory parts in it, like some it kills did. in it that I was like, whoa, exactly. So, like, <laughs> exactly exactly the thing is like mm-hmm. i was um i was like saying so you guys make a big deal of this saying it's too dark i was like right. this movie has a lot of the same elements of like child christmas movies like yeah like the only difference is like you know like you know on home alone like it's, you know when the burglars are getting like yeah <laughs> like it's by catered, Kevin. yeah exactly i feel like it's catered towards adults like exactly you know i feel like it's kind of like in a way calling to our inner child with a part of it like you Mm -hmm. know towards the end especially and Mm -hmm. then like I just feel like it's the perfect movie for like adults like you know there's so many Christmas movies for kids I mean sure there's like romance movies sure that's great but Mm -hmm. maybe not all of us like those I actually thought it was very refreshing I I liked the whole premise it was a great movie I did too I did too like I was watching Mm -hmm. Home Alone 2 tonight with mom and I was like you know the stuff they went through these burglars should have died but of course as yes, a child this movie, is they so don't. true oh my gosh like yeah when that one dude got his I think it was Marv his head was on fire no it wasn't Marv Marv was the tall one yes. uh, 
the other guy, um, Joe Pesci's character. I yes. just, I only know him Joe Pesci, but y'all know when his head catches fire. Yes, <laughs> yes. Come and on. Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci actually said he actually <laughs> suffered some burns from that too, from that scene. No. Yes, actually, he actually Dude. said it recently. Yeah, it was, it was, it was That's insane. Crazy. Oh man, that's wow! Like it's just crazy the effects that they had back then. Like I, I don't want, I don't want to bring up supernatural, but I'm going to because (laughs) I'm one of those people. So like, I love this episode. I mean, Brianna knows this. It's probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. Lazarus Rising when Castiel first comes in. So like the lights that are like coming like down on him. Misha actually said that they like he was feeling his hair catching on fire oh no yeah he said that they put like they actually broke the lights and like real sparks were raining down on him and he did good to stay in character i'm like wow yeah he's he's a good actor okay yes (laughs) okay just in short go see my one if you haven't seen it yes guys it's great (laughs) yes so (laughs) let's go ahead and get into um our episode which we're going to be once again Mm -hmm. talking about the um pig and roots of christmas traditions Mm -hmm. and so so i know you said you did some little you did some research and found some interesting information on yeah yeah i I just, I don't know. I love like the idea of Christmas caroling. And one day, I mean, you know, I'm kind of part of like a, I guess, a dark humor group on Facebook and everything. (laughs) And they were like, man, like in Europe, they have the most fun because they have like um, a skull puppet. And the object of the game is to like go door to door and like try to outwit the puppet and to keep it from going in your house. And it's just like, yeah. So like, I remembered that little tidbit from that meme and I was like, wait, like, what is this? I remember seeing this. So I had to like find it. So here you go, guys. Um, This is what I found out about the puppet. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Um, as you guys know, I, I try, me and Brianna try so hard to pronounce these things right, but we ain't no professionals um, or Europeans. So here we go. I think it's pronounced um, a Mary Lloyd, um, which is spelled M-A-R-I-L-W-Y-D. Mm-hmm. Um, and every Christmas, the Welsh try to outsmart a horse skull puppet. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? And that thing, like, I I wanted you to look at the picture of it. Like, guys, if y'all want to Google it, it's it's kind of creepy, but it's kind of cool too. Like, it just it fits. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely look it up and include it on the Instagram and website. Yeah, awesome. Um, so the Mary Lloyd of um South Wales is a festive skeletal horse spirit with an affinity for rhymes, obviously. Um, it is described as a jaw articulated equine skull decorated with ornaments, ribbons, and other festive bits with a sheet a sheet draped over it. Um, you know, of course the head is on a stick. Um, mm-hmm. if you look at the actual picture to make it look like a ghost, it's really neat. Um, So this custom involves a group of revelers and they carry a horse skull um, going door to door, pretending to be the spirit, essentially, and demanding entry to the house through song or essentially it's more like poetry. 
Um, Mm -hmm. So usually this took place around Christmas and New Year's, but it's also taken place on Halloween or Midsummer. Oh, that that does make sense. I actually that I I want to Google it, but I'm afraid I may lose the news. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You should, though, afterwards. It's so cool. Yes, I'm definitely going to do that so everyone else can see it, too. Mm hmm. Um, so let's see here. Traditionally, when the Mary Lloyd um, troop arrives at the house, um, they will sing out a challenge to the inhabitants of the house in a sort of call or response that they call a, um, I think it's a puenco. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, they're singing in a rhyme and pretending that the Mary Lloyd is behind it. Um, anyone inside the house is challenged to reply in a rhyme scheme that has to be wittier than the creatures. Ooh, I, right? I like, like that a, game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems so cool. It does. So the inhabitants of the household are trying to outsmart the creature and actually keep it from entering. That's like how the game goes. Like it's just a battle of wits, essentially. Um so this battle can go on for however long they deem it, essentially. I wonder what the longest battle has been. I'm like, right, so like a curious. Game. <laughs> yeah, right. Like hours. Like, yes. man, just just come inside. So like that's the thing. Um, all in good faith and everything. Um, you know, despite if the inhabitants of the house win and everything, eventually they do let the spirit, you know, I mean, the troop and the pretend spirit come inside um, and the players are given food and drink. Um, and then they go on to the next house. And actually, um, I did read some notes that um, there was a lot of booze involved. So sometimes this uh, practice was very frowned upon because people <laughs> were getting so toasted. <laughs> I love and, it. Yeah, like just trying to go door to door and steal everyone's booze. <laughs> it's great. Um, but it's believed if the spirit of, you know, the horse, the Mariloid, um, enters the house, it bestows good fortune on the house has left it. So, you know, even if you like lose and let it in, it's not like, you know, it's going to jinx you or anything, which is cool. Well, that's always good. <laughs> yeah. Um, No one's really sure when this tradition was, like, established. It's rooted in pre-Christian pagan roots, um, but it's believed to survive since, like, the 1800s. So so they still do it today. Um, There was this town. I can't remember the exact name of it. But, like, during New Year's, it's a big thing, especially they hackle at, like, passerbys and the bars and everything. Like, <laughs> it just seems like, man, they they have so much fun with it. They they definitely are getting boozy with it, it sounds oh, like. That's not so more activity. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did see, like, I mean, there's pictures, um, except the ones I saw were, like, from 2018 and stuff. But I did, like, in the article I was reading, I think it said in, like maybe a few like you know country counties maybe Mm -hmm. they still do it but it's um I guess it's not as popular as it used to be you know but man that's cool yeah I know right I agree I really like the premise behind it's very like I don't know very creative it is most definitely especially with the poetry and things like that and it kind of like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like kind of like similar to Christmas caroling door to door you know yeah you know, instead of it this time you kind of like you're invited in you know for 
um drinks and food and all of that good yeah that's the way I see it but like it's a challenge like it's Mm -hmm. it's more fun in that aspect too yes all right so um let's see I see that you have another tradition that you had researched um Joel Buking yeah this yeah. one that's a mouthful <laughs> this one's pretty grotesque guys I'm not gonna lie but hey I mean oh, I don't want to <laughs> say that that's rude like back in the day you know they just they wanted to do some things that were different um mm-hmm. but it's just like when you hear this like you're gonna feel like that too um but Joel Buking um it is a Christmas tradition that is uh, thought to originate in Scandinavia Um, So this took place around Christmas and New Year's Day. Um, People wore masks and costumes um, and would go door to door and have neighbors try to guess who they were under the mask and disguises. Okay. Uh So kind of like, you know, kind of like a Christmas version of like, not so much as trick-or-treating, but kind of along the same thing. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that was mentioned in the article too that it's thought to be very similar to, you know, the practice of Halloween, like Mm trick-or-treating. Because actually with Samhain and everything, um, you know, like the origin behind jack-o'-lanterns and masks and everything was actually to hide from demons. So like... Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's very similar. But no demons. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So in one version, they would even sing Christmas songs. That's why, you know, um, some people believe that Joel Buking, you know, is kind of pre into like um, derived from caroling, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So after they sung, they were awarded with candy, you know, like from going door to door. They got a treat for doing that. Um, And there's even an account um, where at least one person in the household will join the Joel Bukers and go to the next house. So it's like, all right, you're it. Come with us. Like someone Mm -hmm. has to go. (laughs) I love it. Right. The more the merrier. And I found this kind of cool, too. Like this is like acting, like really getting into it. So um, they would even disguise their voices and their body language to further the illusion of like whatever character they're playing. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to commit. You got to commit. Yeah, to it. exactly. Um, and, you know, just kind of like um, with the Marilude and everything, the carolers or playwrights were offered holiday treats and drink um, by the, you know, people in the household and everything, you know, for coming and everything and just to thank them, I believe. And all in the good spirit of the game, you know, you get a reward for your efforts and whatnot. Um, basically this was after they found the identities out of the players like you know I would think it's a very small town (laughs) because I couldn't imagine like if it was a big place like then you wouldn't know anybody (laughs) right so I like to think this happened in a very small town where like you know oh man is that you Gertrude like yeah I recognize (laughs) your blonde hair or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of the towns were really small Mm -hmm. back then a lot of exactly yeah so like that's how I rationalized it with it's like Mm -hmm. well okay the game didn't go on too long because eventually they would find out who it was yeah um, and then the earliest form of jewel buking is believed to have taken place in Norway um, at the time when pagans worshipped Thor and um, his chariot had two goats. So 
Um, this is kind of believe why they dressed in goat skin. Essentially, during mm-hmm. Yule, people would disguise their appearance by dressing in goat skin and carrying a goat head. So, like I said, with the whole grotesque image, a little bit that kind of got me. I was like, "Whoa!" Like, ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's cool, like you know, because so it's to honor Thor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I found that pretty cool. That is, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I found, like, when I was doing research on it, I actually found out mm-hmm. a little bit more about Saturnalia, too, which is interesting. So I'm like, where was this yeah. information last week, you know? I know, right? <laughs> of course. Well, the more you delve into things, the more you just, like, discover even about the things that you were already looking into. Right. But, of right. course, so, it has to be after the fact. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I, saw, I still made notice, so we can go ahead and include it here. So it's just, since mm-hmm. we're kind of still along the same lines of it. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we're going to get back to some traditions here in just a moment. But at first, I want to kind of delve into kind of the beginning of Christmas and where it essentially um, is said to have come from. So um, long before um, the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, early Europeans would commemorate um, light and birth during the darkest days of winter, um, particularly um, during the winter solstice. Mm hmm. So in Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule, which extended from December 21st through January. Um, to celebrate the return of the sun, father, fathers and sons uh, would go out and bring back large logs to create a fire. Um, the people would feast until the logs burnt out, which would take anywhere from up to 12 days. So according to um, Norse belief, each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf to be born in the upcoming year. So is that where oh, yule logs come from? The term like yule log? Um, so it's interesting that you mentioned that. So I was going to mention something because, you know, I've studied some into paganism. So mm-hmm. pagans believe that... Um, you know, essentially with it being the darkest day of the year. So that's when the Holly King, who is like the king of winter, is like essentially on the throne. And, you know, um, this is during like the winter solstice or no, actually the winter solstice is when it's like, I believe, isn't it the, is it the longest night or the longest day? I'm sorry. I'm I'm totally trying to figure this out. I believe the uh, winter solstice is the longest night. I think after right. that, that's the what I thought. days get I, longer. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's mm-hmm. the longest night. So that's why you would bring in so much light. Like you would try to have like things that reminded you of the sun because the Holly King, you know, was rolling and there was darkness and they really wanted the Oak King because the Oak King would bring spring. Um, so there's like that fight for the throne. So you're mm-hmm. seeing the days, you know, slowly get, um, you know, longer essentially because the Oak King is like slowly gaining on the um the Holly King, and it's okay. believed that I believe a Yule log was to keep spirits at bay. If I'm not mistaken, um, you you would burn it to uh, keep away evil spirits. Um, you know, because during the darkest nights of the year, they would believe that you know spirits would be just like almost like with Samhain. Like, they're just wandering around. They're more disposed to wandering and able to get into your house. So a Yule Log was made to burn, you know, for a long time and keep those spirits at bay and bring that warmth and remind them of spring, of the um, Oak King and everything. All right. Well, that that makes sense (laughs) to me. I'm glad you're so much more knowledgeable on that than I was. I was just researching now, so I'll ask Mm -hmm. (laughs) So thank you for that. 
Yeah, of course. So the end of December was the most ideal time for celebration in most of Europe. Um, As customs customs would have, cattle Mm -hmm. would be slaughtered so so that they would not have to be fed during the winter months. Now, I thought that was wrong, but I understand, you know, you don't want to, you can't can't have additional (laughs) mouths to feed, I guess. I was thinking because it's cold and they don't want to go out and have to do it. And then I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, maybe they like did it because they didn't want to feed them, and also like mm-hmm. maybe they like preserved the meat because of like the cold mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, yeah. So it's actually funny you should say that because it says that the um, slaughtering of the um, cattle provided mm-hmm. meat to Europeans, mm-hmm. uh, most of which would not usually have, have had meat available to them at any other time during the year. So most oh. of the, the year, they don't have access to any type of fresh meat, whereas right. during this time they would. Right. Okay. That's interesting. And also by this time of the year as well, most beer and wine that had been made throughout the year would finally be fermented enough to be um, drank at events and feasts and things like that. So that makes sense why, you know, Yule, like there was always a feast going on because that's when like there was so much abundance, like from not just only the harvest, I mean, from the slaughter, from like the alcohol that's finally fermented like mm-hmm. that's yeah. what i'm thinking yes yes and actually like i said i watched um dylan Spross actually make mead one time and he was like <laughs> going over the fermented process he used to make it like yeah. in his dorm room when he was at nyu that's i was so cool. fascinated I was, yeah like, yeah, like how <laughs> like i know someone who made like moonshine on their own and stuff and i'm like it's like fascinating like i just want to know how you do it (laughs) right or make their own wine like um i I wouldn't do that i'd be afraid i'd kill myself or something with the alcohol (laughs) content or some kind of poison like botulism (laughs) (laughs) i told you about my thing with pretzels i would never make homemade pretzels because you can actually kill yourself with it so yeah um I was like, nope. I'm, I'm right, with Alton like Brown. Thank you for educating us, sir. Yes. <laughs> Some things are just better left to the professionals. You definitely have to learn your way before you start doing stuff like that. This is so true. <laughs> <laughs> so in Germany, uh, people celebrated the midwinter holiday by honoring the pagan god Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, many Germans were terrified of Odin and believed that he would take flight in the sky at night to observe his people. Bang, Odin. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> like Santa Claus. <laughs> right? He sees you when you're sleeping. Right? He knows when you're awake. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's, like, inspired by Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. We actually will get into that later. Wink, wink, right? <laughs> With, like, Krampus and the Yule ads and everything. Awesome. Yes. Cool. And so during his observation, Odin would decide which people would prosper and which would perish. Hmm. Out of fear, many German people elected to stay inside of their homes. Yeah, I can't say I blame them. You ain't get me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you get in a door, though, Odin? I mean, he's a god, though. Like, you like, really knock, knock. think of the door. <laughs> Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yes, it's just the visual image of that. Right. <laughs> so, as we discussed um, last week, the ancient Roman festival of Saturnalia. Holy Saturnalia. Uh, yes. <laughs> I had to. I uh, never no. got the chance to say it. So, I said it now, guys. Like, yes. <laughs> I hope you said it out loud with us. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> and so, there was actually another ancient Roman festival called Juvenilia. 
um, which was a feast that honored the children of Rome. Oh, cool. Yeah, right. So I, I didn't even catch that last week when I was researching so, um, like, Saturnalia. Did it take place around the same time as Saturnalia? It was just for kids? Um, well, let's see. So it looks like um it looks like it may have taken a place around the same time. I wasn't able to get much around the dates of it. Right. Um, it just says that, you know, pretty much it was meant to um, celebrate the children, which is understandable because I think in, during Saturnalia, the only thing we really went over with the children was just like the whole like bobbing for corks thing. But yeah, you know, everything else like drinking and all that, they probably. Well, it was very to- adult. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Debauchery afoot and everything. Yeah. So I'm glad they had something <laughs> separate for the children. <laughs> yes. Yes, think of the children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in addition to Juvenalia, um, members of the upper class society celebrated the birth of um, Mithra, um, the god mm-hmm. of the unconquerable sun, on December 25th. Right. So to, to some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. It is believed mm-hmm. that Mithra is an infant god who was born from rocks. That's cool. So that's cool. So that's probably why they had a separate day for children. Right? I like that idea. Yes. Yeah, so um, after, so I, I swear, I can't talk. So, yeah, so after that research, I was kind of like getting into like, you know, the um, customs that we know today and the, um, not so much as the customs, but the, um, the story that we you know that most of us um know and how it kind of like was influenced by um different other um belief systems that came before that right so in the early days of christianity um the birth of jesus was not celebrated um and easter was considered the main holiday mm-hmm. it was not until the fourth century that the officials of the church decided to establish a holiday for the birth of jesus Although the Bible does not specify a date for the birth of Jesus, which it doesn't. Right. So some evidence disputes that Jesus was not born in winter, but in the spring. Um, yeah. The basis, yeah. The basis of this argument is the shepherds. Mm-hmm. So as you know, has how um, the story of the birth of Jesus goes, the shepherds who were hurting their flock. The shepherds probably wouldn't have been hurting their flock in winter, but they would be in the spring. And like the way... Sorry, no, I'm just fine. thinking out loud here. It must have been freezing in that inn, too. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, mm-hmm. you know, in an inn like that in winter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I would have thought in spring maybe they could tolerate it more. You know, I mean, maybe exactly. it's cold at night. But that's just how I see it, too. Exactly, because he was born in a manger. And a manger, you know, would have been probably warm Open. for them to be out there. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah. so the date of December 25th was actually chosen by Pope Julius I. Mm-hmm. So it is believed that the church decided upon this day to adopt the traditions of the festival of Saturnalia. Hmm. So Christmas first called the Feast of Nativity spread um, spreaded reaching Egypt by um, 1432 AD and England by the end of the 6th century. Okay. Yeah, so it kind of oh, like, you know, spread Did you say 432 or 1432? 432 AD. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm just making sure. I don't know. I could have said for that. I don't know. I, hope I was I did just it. making sure. I was like, but then you said sixth century, so I was like, wait a second. And then Egypt, I was like, okay, she had to say four thirty-two, right? Or am I yes. hearing things? Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. 
so um, by celebrating Christmas at the same time as the traditional winter solstice um, festivals, mm -hmm. church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced, mm -hmm. um, but gave it the ability to kind of tell people or to dictate how it was celebrated. So by the Middle Ages, Christianity had, you know, for the most part, replaced pagan religion. Mm -hmm. um, on Christmas, believers attended church, and then, of course, they partied afterwards and like drunken carnivalesque parties um mm. kind of how people do today like you know they go to the party yeah, on, at the club on, on saturday <laughs> christmas morning hey yeah. no hate man i mean i'm not gonna lie i've had me and mimosa on christmas morning too yes y'all turn up at the club on saturday and come to church on sunday no judgment like i mean <laughs> right. i'm not judging i'm just saying it's funny because it, that's that's something that still happens well today. it's funny because like you know with the whole image you know because like I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just saying that, like, you know, Christians are painted as, like, I guess, I don't want to say goody two-shoes, but, like, very, you know, I guess people who wouldn't do that. And I'm like, that's just a stereotype. They're regular mm -hmm. people. Like, they are. You know? They are, but the thing is, those stereotypes actually come from people in the church. <laughs> They yes, do like they some, some of them they do. Yes, they would literally be looking down their big hats at people. Mm -hmm. And like that's the reason why, like, I mean, I like I said, my faith is Christianity, but I don't mm -hmm. I personally elect not to choose church because I just been I guess it's just me not finding a church where I personally fit in. Yeah. I feel like I fit in. Like I've been to a lot of churches where there is a lot of judgment. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of like um things that shouldn't happen that happen and right. I don't like, you know, um, or you gotta like dress a certain way or do something that yeah. you don't feel comfortable doing. And I just found a lot of that. So that's more so I get I just, that. yeah, I prefer to just have my own faith and just practice in my own way. And that's just pretty much how I feel. No, that's me too. So that kind of leads us to um back to <laughs> a regular <laughs> schedule program. But like <laughs> if y'all found a church and that works for you, like yes. I'm glad because I haven't had that experience and she hasn't either, but it's, exactly. you know, I mean, you, for everyone, it's different. Yes. Yes. And if you guys have found a place, you know, worship mm -hmm. that you guys love and or grew up in, even if we're blessed mm -hmm. enough to grow up in, then you guys are truly blessed for that. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a Baptist church. <laughs> I actually, I've, I don't think I've ever like, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been to like a few different churches now. Mm -hmm. I read my Bible on my own and things like that, but mm -hmm. I've never like, um, belong actually to a church and like mm -hmm. um and my mom actually she told me when she was younger like she actually mm -hmm. had like um when she was younger she went to this church and you know mm -hmm. how you being go, being raised in baptist you know about the whole baptism thing yes um well my mom was younger and like you know they wouldn't even baptize them because they didn't have white dresses oh wow that's i'm like excuse me <laughs> right wow i'm like okay so what you're saying is that their soul can be saved because they don't have they white dresses. don't have white dresses that's a new one i haven't heard that one yes i'm just like i think it's one of them bougie churches <laughs> yeah seriously i don't know but okay guys we'll pick, <laughs> we'll try to remember to pick back up on this at the end of the episode yes uh, back to our regular schedule program <laughs> yes so on the lord of misrule so um, each year, a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule and eager celebrants would, um, um, hold on, and eager celebrants played part of this, of his subjects. So pretty much people at the party would play the part of his subjects or peasants, to put it like, <laughs> to put it uh, majorly. Um, mm -hmm. So 
Um, let's see. The poor would go um, to the house of the rich and demand their best food and drink. Um, if owners failed to comply, the visitors would most likely terrorize them with mischief. Oh, so that sounds like um, waste sailing in a way. Like It does. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they wouldn't leave um, if they didn't, like, get something. Like, I was telling Brianna about this earlier. Like, there's a line, and we wish you a Merry Christmas. And y'all know it, you know, where they're like, and bring us some figgy pudding, you know, and then we won't leave until we get some. Well, that's essentially, like, I feel like how that verse was inspired because like these people like they were begging and they would not leave if they did not get food or alcohol or whatever yes yes in some cases it's so fun it's actually did when I was younger I went caroling Mm -hmm. I mean my cousin we I just it was my idea so I've always been obsessed with Christmas Mm -hmm. and we went caroling and this old it was like this elderly man I mean his wife and Mm -hmm. we knocked on the door and we just started singing and they were like oh and they invited us in Mm -hmm. my grandmother was upset because she said we should never went inside of a stranger's house but (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but he was a precious old man and like he he gave us like um you know like the um half dollars like the JFK on it oh um, yeah he gave us like two of those he gave us oh. like this, he gave us this huge massive um um hershey bar with almonds like it was the, oh. i still have not to see a hershey bar nice. he definitely was in the spirit of giving yes and i think mm-hmm. it's because like that's just tr- the tradition of caroling like you're supposed to like yeah. give something right yeah because when i went caroling with my friend's church um oddly enough it was years ago and mm-hmm. we went caroling to this we went um caroling to a bunch of the elders that couldn't make it to service Right. Um, and they she invited us in and she gave us like cider and stuff. So I think that's yeah. like the custom. And I, I think remember a lot of- that. Like I yeah. went with my church and then we got like cider as well, um, mm-hmm. afterwards or something. Like they always try to reward you with something. Yeah, yeah. So I mm-hmm. think yes, I <laughs> I'm laughing because I'll just I'll talk about it later. But I yeah. think it's more so like a thing where like a lot of older like that custom kind of stuck with a lot of older people. Yeah. I only see a lot of them do that. Right. I mean, I, I still wish it was a thing for like all generations. It's right. kind of nice to give. Now you knock on somebody's door, they'd be like, get that off my porch. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not like, God bless us, sir. Can I have a half penny? Or like, you know, one of my dad's favorite songs is like, um, I think it's like, it goes like, God bless you, gentlemen. God bless you. If you haven't got a turkey leg, well, God bless yes, you. Yes, that's by um, Bing Crosby, I believe. He yeah, and like, it reminds me of way sailing in a way, because mm-hmm. it is about begging. Like, it's essentially, they would share like this big vat of booze. Like, they would pretty <laughs> much beg to the, I think it was like the upper class. It was peasants who were begging for a sip of the booze. I'm sure it warmed their spirits with it being cold. Mm-hmm. And then they'd want food, too. And then they would exchange, like, um, like goodwill and good wishes of fortune and stuff. Like, so that's what he means with God bless you. And, like, do you have something for me to eat? If not, well, you know, God bless you anyways, essentially. So, like, I don't know. It's all clicking in my head. (laughs) It is. It really does click. It really does, like, yeah. So, Christmas throughout all this became characterized as the time of year when the upper classes could repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining less fortunate citizens. So, yeah, it's kind of also holds back to Saturnalia when you know the master yeah. of slaves was with um switch places. Yeah. And I mean Dickens got inspired by it a lot. I mean Scrooge mm-hmm. was very like you know uptight and cheap and then like you know 
does a whole 360 and starts giving a ton of money and food away, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, um, it's actually in the movie, um, I think it's The Man That Invented Christmas, and it has Dan Stevens in it. And it yes, actually, I have. I, I love, love that, that movie. movie. I yes. love Christmas Carol anyway, but I love that it actually show his process of actually writing it. It yes. actually inspired him. Yes, I liked Spirited too. It was a good take on I a Christmas Carol. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good. I don't have the plug like you. <laughs> I know. Well, you know why I got Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Okay, so now the moment you guys have all been waiting for. We have the Christmas traditions that are rooted in pagan customs. You want to take it away um, with gift with gift giving, Sarah? If I can get my words out. <laughs> But of course. So gift giving, um, the tradition comes directly from Saturnalia. Cool. Um, So during the winter solstice, Romans would gather together, feast, be merry, and exchange gifts for good fortune. But of course they did. Of course. Yes, I love that. I think they were called, Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what they were. Um, Um, Tidings. The like, of oh yeah, yeah 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 that's right with the gifting and everything yes. Gloria, the mm. one i couldn't say for like five days <laughs> <laughs> i think i still butchered at the end when i re-listened to it i was like oh man guys like y'all probably laughing at me i'm laughing at myself <laughs> <laughs> it was an off night for me <laughs> oh it's fine so like i said these words like we're not historians we're just enthusiasts mm-hmm. so exactly well you guys know this one the image of santa or saint nick or you know um jolly uh, i mean um chris kringle different names um father christmas aka um saint nicholas was the patron saint of the poor children and prostitutes mm-hmm. interesting he was a generous bishop that was known to have a large beard long coat long cloak sorry um and a penchant for giving gifts to children and the less fortunate prior to saint nicholas the germanic deity odin was the closest thing to santa worshipped by early germanic pagan tribes odin was usually portrayed as an old man with a long white beard with an eight-legged horse by the name of i believe it's um schleipner um who would ride through the skies Okay, well, I see why they were terrified and ate like a horse. Right? <laughs> right? Like, that's not normal. <laughs> like, before they even knew about mutants, like, man, get that thing away from me. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Well, during the winter, children would fill their boots with carrots and straw for Schleipner, um, while Odin would fly over and leave the children little gifts in their booties. Oh, that makes me think of stockings. That's what that's yes, derived that's from. Where stockings came from. Yeah. Yes. Oh, awesome. The image of Santa that we know today is thanks to the Coca-Cola company and their ads from the 1930s. The story of Santa that we know today is a combination of this image paired with the lore of Father Christmas and Odin. Makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the gaunt eight like horse because it kind of like reminds me like we were talking about today about how the biblical angels actually look, you know. I know I sent you that photo. It was 
<laughs> It was so cute, though. I was like, oh, yeah, it's so fluffy. I want to make one. yes, it's the thing is like a lot of like a lot of people <laughs> like you know because a lot of people don't know because some people do yeah. know, but Like, a lot what of people are you get talking about? yes, a lot of people get freaked <laughs> out by it because yeah. I think it's because like the way like society has this condition like seeing stuff Mm like that it's just like it's abnormal. Um, but like I'm just like you know um. You gotta look at everything that we're pretty much told um, -hmm. is Mm -hmm. is by man. And I was like, you know, we're pretty much Yeah. told Right. like you know, it shows like touch by an angel, or for example, Right. like supernatural. Like we're told, we're, we're like even though supernatural does acknowledge the vessel thing, it does acknowledge Yeah, that that's like not their true form. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I want to see. <laughs> I know. I'm like that's what I imagine Castiel's form to be, just this cute little eyeball with, <laughs> with tentacles and more eyeballs. <laughs> Right, like eyes on its eyes on its wings. Yeah, and all fluffy, of course, because Yes, of course. he has some big wings, and I could see that. And I believe his wings were like, if, like almost like a coal black. So that would be interesting. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah, I think I think that that should definitely be explored. Like if they ever do like a Yeah. reboot, like if they ever do like a reboot like with Prime or something, they get a bigger budget. They should definitely have like some actual Right, like Supernatural CGI Season type. 16, make it <laughs> happen. <laughs> right but I think the reason why they probably wouldn't do that is because society Yeah. pretty much accepts the human form as it and like Yeah. doing anything beyond that could be considered quote unquote disrespectful to the religion so Right. And like I the way angels are painted with the halos and the wings and the mm -hmm. robes and everything, that's what we prevalently see, really. yes Mm hmm. so um back to <laughs> <laughs> back to our regular schedule program yes. <laughs> So, We now return. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, with Christmas carols, um, the Christmas the Christian tradition of singing Christmas carols comes from another pagan tradition of, um, wassailing, wassailing. Yeah, just Yeah, like we were talking about. exactly. Yeah. So the um, phrase also um comes from the Anglo-Saxon phrase uh, wassail, uh, which translates to good health. So every year, small groups of wassailers um. would go through um, throughout the village singing loudly in effort to banish evil spirits and wishing good health on those around them. Whilst wassailing, um, it was common to have the um, classic wassail drink and tow made from mulled wine, curdled cream, roasted apples, eggs, spices, and sugar. I don't know about that. I know, it sounds disgusting, <laughs> but... <laughs> it does. Maybe if there's enough uh, booze in it, maybe it doesn't taste that bad. Right, right, and, and that actually <laughs> probably that's probably why they in churches, got toasted enough, they couldn't <laughs> taste it. right? <laughs> that's probably why in churches, um, Mm-hmm. in churches like you know, like both me and you have ex had experience with drinking cider while or after carolings. I think it Yeah. comes back to that tradition of them having Right. that um, old ale. Yeah, and it's interesting that you were talking about them banishing spirits with singing loudly. That makes me think of, you know, like, it's, they're just um, pretty much going off of, like, with the pagan with um, belief with Yule and everything. Like, they're just trying to banish evil spirits and keep, you know, like, everyone as much as they can, like, in good health and everything. So it's interesting that that, like, took root with them, like, going door to door trying to do that as well. exactly yes yes and the reason why like you know why something would become pretty much christmas caroling that we know of today was actually um thanks to um saint francis who kind of converted that over during the 13th century Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
So another lovely um, tradition here um, that hmm. many people may like, kissing under the mistletoe also comes from paganism. Hmm. So most pagan group, most pagan groups, such as the Romans and Druids, had a tradition surrounding mistletoe. In ancient Rome, Romans would perform fertility rituals under sprigs of mistletoe to appease their god Saturn. So we were definitely right about the debauchery during Saturnalia. They were over here. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all some freaks. <laughs> we were right though because we, we suspected debauchery. I know, right? <laughs> yep, we did indeed. Called there's it. no way. There's no way after this much alcohol is involved and there's no debauchery. <laughs> of course. I mean, come on. That's usually what starts those stories. Right? Like mm-hmm. every great story starts off with alcohol. It does. <laughs> it does. Right, so for the druids, the mistletoe symbolized peace and joy. Hmm. Um, if two adversaries were to meet in the presence of mistletoe, custom would um kind of like the tradition of customs would have them drop their weapons and call a truce until the next day huh so like i wonder what the whole kissing thing came from i guess well i think the kissing thing was kind of like when it was converted over to um, christianity Christianity, they kind of did the whole kissing instead of like you know the whole love making under the mistletoe (laughs) (laughs) because like you know how (laughs) fornication good point gotta gotta keep it pg at least pg 13 yes i know i did i was like oh lord i just asked the silly question i did not think about that yes but you know like you know because how christian and it is with like not paganism but um with fornication and all of that stuff yeah yeah you know um um, having babies and stuff out of what like, yeah. stuff like that so yeah I think that's kind of where it came from kind of like you know kind of huh. like a PG way to right. kind of keep the tradition <laughs> yeah I mean because mistletoe can lead to that you know so that's what I'm saying if you don't get that mistletoe or get that couple away from it <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on to a next um to another um, plant that's popular around um, Christmas that also has roots in paganism. Holly, you want to take that away, Sarah? Yes. So deck in the halls um, with Holly, you know, uh, much like mistletoe, Holly was another sacred plant to the ancient Roman god Saturn. During Saturnalia, Roman citizens would make holly wreaths to exchange as gifts for good luck. I've actually heard of this, mm-hmm. so that's cool. During this time, early Christians began to celebrate Christmas using the festival as a cover to celebrate um, as the early Christians. Oh, hold on. Sorry. What did I do here? I just totally skipped a line. (laughs) During this time, early Christians began to celebrate Christmas using the festival as a cover to celebrate as the early Christians were persecuted for practicing this new religion. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I was yeah, yeah, so pretty much what happened, yeah, pretty much what happened is that like during that time, Christ, um, new Christ, early Christians who were beginning to practice Christianity, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were being persecuted for being Christians, so they kind of have oh, to, oh, okay, um, kind of use it as a disguise. I was trying to understand mm-hmm. that. I was like, wait, are they like pagans that were converted to Christianity, or okay. Now that I understand. Um, so to avoid detection, Christians began to hang holly wreaths around their homes. This is not only allowed um, this not only allowed them to celebrate the sacred holiday, but also recognize other Christians as well. Okay, so I get it. They changed it up mm-hmm. um, like pretty much 
they wanted, you know, that symbol to be for Christmas. So that exactly. They, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So kind of like you know how they kind of wanted to still pay um, tribute to the to like the roots and stuff, and also blend yeah. in, but yeah. it also allowed them to also um, recognize other um, new Christians as well. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, Christianity was taking over at that point. It was, yes. Okay. Um, so another um, tradition that kind of derived from Saturnalia was decorating the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the festival, Romans would hang metal ornaments from the trees outside of their homes. Um, each of these ornaments represented Saturn or the family's personal patron or saint. Ah. So similar to them, the ancient Germanic tribes would decorate their tree only with fruits and candles instead of metal ornaments. Um, these fruits and candles were meant to honor Odin during the winter solstice. Yeah, yeah. I heard that too. Mm-hmm. And this tradition also went um, stretched to ancient Egypt as well. So, of course, the ancient Egyptians didn't have evergreen trees, but they did have palm trees. Oh, that must have been fun. Right? Yeah, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. how they do it, like, decorate the palm trees and Florida. Yeah, I think it's like, so beautiful. in the warm places, like, mm-hmm. you know, at the beach and stuff, people still do that. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. another tradition that still stands. <laughs> right? Yeah, so um, the palm tree was the symbol of resurrection and rebirth. Um, mm-hmm. People often brought um, the fronds into their homes during the time of the winter solstice. And, of course, over time, this evolved into the modern tradition of the holiday tree, whether it's palm or evergreen. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, something that's really cool. And mm-hmm. the last tradition we have, you want to take it away, Sarah? Sure. And I'm not sure my relationship with fruitcake is complicated. Sometimes <laughs> I kind of like it. Most of the time I don't. Um, but fruitcake has its origins in ancient Egypt. The Egyptians placed cakes made of fermented fruit and honey on the tombs of their deceased loved ones. And presumably these cakes would last as long as the pyramids themselves. I believe it. Right. <laughs> you never feel like a fruitcake's going to go bad. <laughs> You're like, what is in this, though? It's just, like, staying the way it is for so long. You go in the store and get one that says 2030. I know, right? 2076. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what if they, like, found a fruitcake, like, when they were, like, I don't know, in a tomb or something? Right? I want to know. I have questions. We'll be sitting there with our grandkids. This fruitcake has been passed down for generations (laughs) and generations. This is so true. <laughs> I remember when I had a fruit cake and then we did a podcast on it. Yes. <laughs> I was a little younger back then. Yes. <laughs> oh, so hilarious. Yes. But anyways, um, later on in um, later centuries, Roman soldiers carried these cakes um, made with mashed pomegranates and barley into battle. Ooh, I like pomegranates. I wonder, minus the barley, like I could get down with that. Yes, yeah, see, see, I've never had, I've never had fruit cake. My grandmother, mm-hmm. she makes um, homemade fruit cake, and she said mm-hmm. that she was gonna try to make me one because I never had mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And because my um, grandfather, when he was living, he loved the fruit cake and he loved eggnog. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. was like the, he was like the only person um, in our family, besides from my aunt, that 
drunk eggnog again like fruitcake I know Um, I like eggnog too it's just like I don't want to get this huge maybe I can find a small one it's just me guys so like I don't want to drink a huge thing of eggnog and then it goes bad on me yeah see I I know they usually have like you know you mean like the little small skinny ones or something smaller than that yeah you know just like a small size most of the time when I go there I only see the big sizes maybe mm-hmm. I just need to shop around maybe they're already all sold out or something I mean I know usually when I see my, I know Kroger has like the gallon of it I'm like who's drinking a gallon of eggnog <laughs> yeah I, that's not gonna fly with just me here <laughs> I'm not gonna drink all that <laughs> not even if I put booze in it I'm not gonna right? drink that's like if you have a party or something <laughs> right um, I do know National Lampoon style with right. little mini smugs. Oh, <laughs> I want those. I saw that one time and I regret not buying them. I saw them actually. I saw one at Kohl's and it was like that's $25. Where I, saw it. I know. And I was like, well, I didn't buy it because of the price. Yes, I'm not getting that. Try Big Lots. Big Lots yeah, or I'll try Amazon mm. too. I mean, yes, Amazon I, has I, everything. Yes, yeah, so it's on that Big Lots and I see it, I'll let you know. Because I know they usually okay. have like sometimes like five, ten dollars a set of two. Yeah, I love collecting like glass sets and stuff. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. I love National Lamp. We're going to have the hat, pat, happiest Christmas. It's Ben Crosby tap dance with any fucking cake. <laughs> right. We're going to be the jolliest bunch of assholes <laughs> the this side, side of the, of the North Pole. <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I know. I just I felt so bad for him. I did. Like yes. I saw this meme where it says the older you get, the more you realize he wasn't that crazy. I mean, yeah, he just was burnt out and he mm-hmm. was expecting just a small bonus and he didn't get that. He felt yes. unappreciated. Like, you know, like I'm sure a lot of people can relate to how Griswold was feeling. I've been there. <laughs> Yes, and on top of that, like his wife tried to tell him, um, yeah. Helen, she was like, "You set expectations that no family event can possibly live up to." That's true. He did, and like he went so over the top with the lights, like how the tree <laughs> not yeah, <laughs> yeah a little full, a lot of sap, and all the sap he ends up like reading a magazine <laughs> he tears yes. the magazine up and like, the lamp yes. and then when he was in the mall and that moment he was like you can't see the line can you Russ he was like nope right my name's Mary too he's like <laughs> that's my name oh, it's a bit nipply out there yeah, that's, <laughs> it. <laughs> like, it's literally one of my favorite parts that and the part where they get jammed under that truck like <laughs> I know, I know. And then when Eddie shows up, Merry yeah, Christmas, shitter's <laughs> full. Oh, he's just dumping all his sewage in there. I know, I know. When he's like, um, what was it, like Grandpa Lewis or something like that? Cousin Uncle Lewis? I don't know. He's like, yeah. Jesus, did the Beth knit the room clear out? No. <laughs> did I break wind? Yeah. <laughs> and then I hate to admit it. I'm so sad. It's <laughs> the but it's so funny too. I know, I know. <laughs> it's the noise it makes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I love you, Ro. Don't don't take it personal. No. <laughs> Just talking to my cat, y'all. Like I'm totally sane here. Yes, I love that. He doesn't know what I'm saying. 
that's that's easily one of the like most um iconic christmas movies in my opinion because it's like yeah that's it's, it's like it's realistic like that's like even though he's like on a big grand scale but some people actually mm-hmm. go that hard for christmas you know yeah they do um mm-hmm. me i'm i'm kind of like jack skeleton i like halloween a little more but mm-hmm. you know i mean i can dig christmas I love Christmas. I do. Like I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. Girl, you know I love Halloween. I wouldn't have a podcast like this if I did. I know. I mean, you know, I did take a quiz and it said I'm Wednesday. So am I really surprised? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. I love that you love Christmas. And my best friend does too. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like I don't I don't judge on that. It just makes me happy to see someone enjoy it as much as they do, you know? Yes. Yes. I know I was watching, like I said, I watched Home Alone the other day and I watched Home Alone too today. And yeah. I was like, I was like, Mom, I don't get I mean, the first time mm-hmm. I can kinda understand, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I struggle to understand right. the first time. Like but to the, leave second, him the time, second time, come like, on. How are you, you not holding his hand? Like y'all run into yeah. the terminal. <laughs> How is CPS not called? <laughs> That's what I just said. I was like, someone calls CPS. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> and then it made me really mad because, like, they were, like, singing in the play in the second mm-hmm. one. And I trust yeah. everyone has seen Home Alone, too. Oh, um, yeah. He's such, his brother's such a jerk. He is. I'm like, she yelled Kevin. I'm like, what's she yelling at Kevin for? <laughs> he put those candles up to his ears. Yes, his brother's old wrong. enough to know better. Okay, so we laughed, but it was wrong. We know yes. it. He was like, he was, I think it was during his solo too. Like, he was really like trying to sing his heart out, and his brother's just being complete. And everyone's like, laughing at him, and he thinks everyone's laughing yeah. at him. Yeah. exactly right i know my mom was telling me about this um i haven't seen it yet but it's on Mm -hmm. prime and it's called Mm -hmm. something from tiffany's oh i've never heard of it yeah and it has like it has um kendrick sampson in it and Mm -hmm. zoe deutsch Mm -hmm. um and i do kind of want to see it but like mom says Mm -hmm. it's not like she says from what i can gather it's probably is a love movie you know how i feel about romance movies unless it's like done right yeah unless it has like Matt Cohen or <laughs> the only reason I watched the Hallmark movie guys is Matt Cohen like I'm shameless <laughs> yes like I just feel like it has to be done right like you know like um yeah Benson on Law and Order SVU just now like right confessed her love to um Stabler yeah like, it's like that I was like this is what I talk about unexpected people are mad because mm-hmm. like they have no chemistry they're just I like they the build up like I said, you know, this, this is decades of build up right it is that's why I, I, I like love Castle it. so much y'all like I've I've been re-watching that and I'm on season five and they finally get together and like I used to love Bones too like I just I guess I have a thing for partners finally like becoming more like yes but yeah but after like a good <laughs> ample amount of time like it just like it has yeah to be, like, it does it has to build up like in bones they don't finally get together i don't think until season nine or ten so that's even longer than castle castle shot his shot in season five he's out tired of waiting yeah he is i'm tired of this grandpa (laughs) (laughs) that's my brain like whenever i'm annoyed (laughs) (laughs) like at my job and they're like i need Mm. you to do this and i'm just like 
I'm tired. I even said it out loud at my job. Someone just like, <laughs> wait a second. Is that from TikTok? I said, yep, it's from Holes. Uh, no, 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 see, that's disrespectful because I know. Say, is this from TikTok? You need no, to it get is not. Hold on Holes. Like, Holes is such a good movie. I loved the book too. I remember reading the book in yes. elementary school. Um, no, it was middle school. Yes, yeah. when we were in middle school. We had this, like, mm-hmm. our teacher made us read it out loud. So it took mm-hmm. us forever to read this book. Yeah, and we would have different pay like each person would read a page, and I would get so mad because some of the people were in our class read a little bit slower than others, and right, or and they wouldn't teacher, get into it, or they're like, "Ugh, I don't want to read." Yeah, so they read too fast, and they don't stop. Yeah. With the, um, um, periods. And I'm just you're like, like, wait a second, I'm trying to get a picture in my head or something, <laughs> right? I'll just be reading ahead, and I got in trouble for reading ahead. <laughs> <laughs> be like Rihanna, what page you on? <laughs> I was like, oh. he's like, Brenda, can you pick up where he left off? I'm like, that's how you always catch me. <laughs> that's awesome i mean i love to read too i used mm-hmm. to read more and i'm trying to get in the habit of reading more again because i don't know yeah it's it's very relaxing it is it is one of my favorite books when i was younger i'm um, actually went on amazon and bought it it was like a, oh, haunting, yeah. in, a haunting in williamsburg oh cool and i actually bought it. i think it was across like three bucks no i actually didn't get it on amazon i went to like this um book website mm-hmm. i forgot what it's called but they have like a lot of old books and oh nice i bought it there right and i was like you know i'm gonna have my little stuff a little nostalgia read and i really enjoyed reading oh, yeah. it even though like it's a kid's book it was just like it brought me back to instant nostalgia right i mean when i was doing gish like i got a copy of sarah Pertle's um a thousand years of peace and mm-hmm. like i remember briefly reading that and like i think it was elementary or like maybe like early middle school and like the fact that that was like part of a gish challenge and i got to actually talk to the author because of that like i was I was like on cloud nine. Yes. Yes. And then I even asked her because like, of course, you know, Misha was part of her class. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you met him like, you know, (laughs) besides when he was like a kid, he's like, yeah, he's a sweet man. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I'm like, yes. I'm like, Gish is so cool though. Like I never would have thought I could talk to an author. And if you guys, you know have done gish like i have i mean this is the only year i got to do it and it's sad that it ended but like i know misha and i know charlie and the team like they're gonna come up with more stuff like Mm -hmm. you know he's not completely done with it but like it was a lot of work on him and the team like i could definitely tell so when i saw what you were doing i saw what you were doing so this is too much i know i even i posted that dress on facebook the one you helped me with like yeah so there was a challenge guys where it was called like the 99% challenge. So it was yes. from the bet gala that you were going to, and you had to make a dress out of your debt, like your mail, your receipts, whatever you consider debt. So I had all these bills that were just laying around that I probably should have shredded, but I redacted the information anyways. Like I just crossed it all out and everything, whited it out. So I was able to make my dress with all those bills sitting around that I didn't shred. Yes, yeah, Susan, guys, I'll actually post Sarah up on the um on the podcast Instagram. Yeah, if you y'all want to see, see. I even made a crown out of my, like, I think it was my property tax. <laughs> <laughs> I was I feeling it. it. <laughs> I do. I love it. Yeah. Yes. 
but yeah so like it's really cool like you know that like I said he's going to be probably doing more stuff for charity and like we mentioned yeah. in last week's episode I believe that there's also stands that you guys can get cool merch yeah for, um it, like it's from, from what I see so far it's from other shows too but it's more so a lot of supernatural merch oh so yeah if you're, if you're like any supernatural fans they have like um an Impala plushie they have Dean's pajama yeah. pants um and it's a lot of it's on sale yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of it's on sale like they have like the Mm -hmm. angel um tree topper yeah um they have a lot of great things i actually just recently ordered um me and sarah actually have the necklace i don't know if i said this last week but we have the necklace and i got jared's um um beanie um, i know that's my next purchase i want one it's so pretty Yes, and it go and the proceeds goes towards well, I think um, of mm-hmm. course the proceeds goes towards different charities. I guess of their yeah. choice, um, mm-hmm. which is really great because you know, like you're yeah. not only purchasing merch from like someone that you're a fan of, but also purchasing it for a good cause, and it's also yeah. really great quality too. So it is. Um, so Misha's went to Random Acts because mm-hmm. he's like the executive on Random Acts. It was his company. I didn't know that. that. He- yeah. Yeah, him and Rachel Miner, like, she's executive president, too. Like, they've been running it since 2000, was it 13 or 2011? Oh, I love it. I know. I love them so much. Like, they just try so hard to, like, make the world a better place. They've built schools in Rwanda. Like, the things I've read about what Random Acts have done, I'm just like, that restores my faith in humanity. So, like... yes. I love yeah. it. Yeah, because I was always talking to my friends. My friend was telling me today, she was, like, talking about how, how her friend for, that um, from London was saying how, like, mm-hmm. you pretty much have to have a six-figure income to live in London. Oh, yeah. And so this is coming from someone, guys, who actually lives in London, not me. I don't know. But right. she told her that. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's ridiculous. I was like, like, in New York, they have, like, penthouses that are going for, like, $25 million right. or $23 million. I'm like, that can wow. literally put 92 families in a $250,000 That's home. what I'm saying. If the wealth like, could be distributed, I'm not yes. saying that all rich people are like that. There are people, you know, who mm. do give to charities, but I feel like there are a lot who don't and mm. don't think about those who are struggling and it's just, it's sad. Exactly, exactly. And there are, like, there's no reason for anyone to need a house that costs $23 million. Yeah, and there should be more, you know, I feel like public housing and that would help a lot of the homeless situation Mm -hmm. you know the government is really i would i would think they could do that you know and then we wouldn't see people living out in tents and stuff yeah but thing is the way i look at it is that Mm -hmm. like if everything was equal then no one would then the people who don't want to do it wouldn't have anyone to do it for them so that's the reason why yeah a lot of yeah i do see you know i mean some of the homeless people they i i mean i don't know what their story is but i just Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just sad, though, that, like, they're just living outside, though. I just wish... I mean, there is the rescue mission, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, like, it was actually, like, I'm not gonna say any names, but yeah. there was just one woman that I had worked with, and uh-huh. um, at, over at the Lowe's over there um, by Sam's Wholesale, mm-hmm. um, there were, like, families living in, like, the little sheds and stuff over there, and it was so yeah. heartbreaking. Right. And she, this person actually called the police on them. Mm-hmm. And I was so angry. I'm like, they're literally not doing anything to bother you. These yeah. people have nowhere else to be. They're in there with their children. Yeah. 
and you call the cops and them now they have nowhere to be even though yes they should, probably shouldn't have been staying in there but you, when you're desperate and you're out on the street you don't you have no choice but to find shelter and stay warm and you're going to freeze to death yeah like until exactly. you're in that position you can't be ca- doing that like mind your own business mm-hmm. but they're not mm-hmm. doing anything like they're not bothering anybody they're just trying to find somewhere to be you know yeah. for the night yeah and it just I just remember being really angered by that because I'm like there Absolutely. was really no reason for you to do that just because you're blessed right now to have a home yeah doesn't mean that you wait one day not be in that position how this economy is plummeting like the inflation everything is like we're in a recession even though the government refused to call it that that's where we're heading you don't know where you may mm-hmm. be at in a few years god forbid you're not homeless but you never know where you're going to be to be walk around like snatching a rug from up under someone yeah so i don't know i'm not going to get angry about and that. like it shouldn't have to happen to you for it to matter to you you should exactly. have empathy compassion you know exactly. like it's just terrible mm-hmm. yes and it's just I just, i'm not gonna get irked by it but <laughs> right guys yeah. we don't want to bring you to tears or anger like we feel you know just yes. don't, don't think about it <laughs> yes it's back to better things before we end this episode because right. um, i do want to let you know that next episode that our next episode will be on krampus um yeah um another lord i actually have personally never heard of but sarah's going to tell us about called the yule cat yeah and um, the yule lads yeah so that will be our next episode and it will actually mm-hmm be our last episode of the season mm-hmm. so next uh, next tuesday will be our last episode um of course we fully plan on coming back for season four next year sometimes prayerfully yeah. before way before earlier than we um returned this year like i said yeah. I a lot of things this year was just like a very like you know very stressful year for me but mm-hmm. i was so blessed to be able to like return and have mm-hmm. sarah on the show and Next week we're going to be oh yes, <laughs> and next week we're going to be doing Krampus, and mm-hmm. we'll kind of take a like a little break before we return. We're aiming towards mm-hmm. the summer, guys, because I just want to, I, guys. Let me be honest, I have to finish my degree program because yeah. <laughs> I really want to finish that, so I can just kind of dedicate more time to the podcast. So it was kind of hard, like you know, trying to juggle pod, um, absolutely schoolwork, and then also a full time job on top of that. So I know that's literally yeah. going to be me next year, <laughs> but it's so it, it's it's going to be worth it it's going to yeah. be worth it um mm-hmm. and you know because we may um don't hold it to us we have to kind of like still kind of talk amongst ourselves we may have right. to drop a little special on you guys sometime during maybe the late winter early spring that's tied mm-hmm. you guys over to our official return for season four but yeah you know we're going to wrap it up next week mm-hmm. yeah just take a little break you know like with the holidays coming up and mm-hmm. i mean we've been going for a couple months straight and i don't know it, it's just nice i think like for your mental health and you know just to try not to juggle a lot at one time yes yeah, so guys we're I mean, I probably, I, I probably should wait till next um, episode to say this. I probably see it right. the next episode. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess we're just getting you prepared. We we like we're not gonna rip the bandaid off. We're just gonna like yes. peel the edges on this ending, and then like we'll rip the bandaid off a little more at the end, and then yes. it's done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with that being said, guys, this has been um, Beyond the Bazaar. I'm yes. Brianna. Stay bizarre. Have a great night. I'm Sarah. Carry on, guys. Eat pie and slay demons. And yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Um, Y'all have a good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>